Well, good morning. I read this article in uh, National Geographic magazine years ago. It was of this big forest fire that they had had in Yellowstone National Park. And there were forest rangers that went in after the fire to make sure that there wasn't any fire still smoldering that, that might reignite. And as they were going through and looking at all the damage that this fire had done, they saw at the base of one tree this really grotesque picture. It was a bird. And that bird had died. It had, it had died in the flames. And its, its wings were out and it was just sitting there almost like a statue. And the park ranger said, well, well, why did this bird die in this fire? I mean, why didn't it just fly away? And, and he took a stick and he, he poked it with a stick and he kind of moved it out of the way. And as the bird fell away, there were its chicks underneath of it, still alive, and all those chicks went scurrying away. You see, that mother bird knew that the fire was coming. It could easily have flown away. But what it did is, is it gathered those chicks in the hollow of a tree and then it spread its wings out over them and as the fire came and as the heat came it shielded them and protected them and it gave its life for its chicks and that is a beautiful picture of God's love for each one of us in fact the Bible uses a very similar image when speaking of God it says in Psalm 91 verse 1 he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. Today we want to talk about mothers. And I want to start off by saying this, that just having children doesn't make you a mother. Having children makes you a parent, but it doesn't make you a mother. And when I use the word mother today, I'm talking about all women who have had a spiritual impact in your life. Whether that is your natural mother or whether that is someone like a Sunday school teacher who led you to Christ when you were young. Any woman that has had a spiritual impact in your life, that's who we're celebrating today. Sidney Harris once said this, The commonest fallacy among women is that simply having children makes one a mother, which is as absurd as believing that having a piano makes one a musician. Right? Just because you have a piano doesn't mean you can play it. And just because you have kids doesn't mean that you know how to mother them, that you know how to parent them. Today we want to celebrate mothers. And we want to celebrate specifically godly mothers. When I use the word godly, I'm using it as an acrostic today. G-O-D-L-Y. G-O-D-L-Y, this is what it stands for. Godly mothers are those who guide their children in God's way, who orphan their own desires, who delight in their children, who love them unconditionally, and who yearn for their salvation. Let's look at each one of these in a little bit more depth. Number one, a godly mother is someone who guides their children in God's ways. Godly mothers know that it is important to train up a child in the way that they should go. And so they use their time and they use their patience to try to train their children, to try to teach their children about Jesus Christ, to try to set a good example for them. 
We all know as parents that it's not enough simply to say something to our kids. We have to model that as well. You can't say to your kids, don't smoke while you yourself are smoking. That's a very hard thing to do because it shows hypocrisy. No, we have to model for our children what it is, the values that we want them to emulate as well. We have to be a good example. Seeking to teach our children to love Jesus with all of their hearts and all of their souls and all of their minds and all of their strengths. Henry Ward Beecher once said this, that a mother's heart is the child's schoolroom. And that's true. The mother's heart is the child's schoolroom. It's where they learn. Deuteronomy 6.5 said it this way, Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love Him with all that's in you. Love Him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall in bed at night. Tie them to your hands and your foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your home and on your city gates. It was George Washington that once said this, that the greatest teacher I ever had was my mother. Amazing to think of all of the people that have had a major influence on this world, that the reason they had that influence was what was instilled in them while they were still children. Someone once asked Dwight D. Eisenhower when he was President of the United States, they asked him, Mr. President, you have met so many great men in your time. Who is the greatest man you ever met? And without a hesitation... Dwight D. Eisenhower said, The greatest man I ever met was not a man at all. It was a woman. It was my mother. And then he went on to tell this story. He said, When I was growing up, I remember a time that we as kids were playing cards with my mom. Now he said, My mom was a a Bible-believing Christian. She was too straight-laced to use those regular cards, so we were playing with, like, Christian cards. Okay? And he said that he had been dealt this, this absolute terrible hand. That there was just no way that he could win with this hand of cards that he had been dealt with. And so he began to complain and he began to whine about that. And finally he just took his cards and he threw them on the table. And he said, this isn't fair. It's not fair. And his mother said, okay, everyone, put down your cards. And she looked at Dwight. And she said, son, I want you to learn something. You're playing cards here with your family, with your mother who loves you and with your sisters and your brothers. There are times in life when you will be dealt a hand of cards that isn't fair. And what do you do at those times? At those times, you pray to God, you trust Him, and you play the hand that you've been dealt. And D.L., Dwight Eisenhower said after that, that, you know what? That thing that my mother said to me when I was just a boy got me through some of the toughest times of my life. I always remembered from that point forward that no matter what happened, no matter what hand I was dealt, no matter what trouble or hardship I went through in life, I pray to God, I trust in Him, and I play the hand that I've been dealt. Training children bears great rewards. The first thing a godly, mother's, a godly mother does is she guides her children 
in God's way. But number two, what's the next thing a godly mother does? A godly mother is someone who orphans their own desires. They orphan their own desires. Uh, a, A teacher once asked her students, she said, look, you have your mother and your father and there are five of you as children. That makes seven. Now, if your mother baked a pie and she cut each one of you a slice, what percent or or, or what would that piece of pie be like? And she was trying to teach them fractions. And the little boy put his hand up and said, a sixth. And the teacher said, no, 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 now listen to me again. There's seven of you all together. Five children, two parents. If your mother cut the pie up so that each one of you had a slice, what would you have? And the boy said again, a sixth. And the teacher said, no, 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 you don't understand your fractions. And the boy replied, well, you don't understand my mother. (laughs) Because she would tell us she didn't want any pie so that we could have more. All right. And and, and is that your experience? That very often mothers orphan their own desires. They, they, They lay aside their own wants so that they can bless their children. They sacrifice. They lay aside their their comforts and their desires. They sacrifice physically. You know, sometimes that means the ultimate sacrifice. Sometimes that means mothers physically laying down their lives for their children. And there's all kinds of stories. John 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friend. And there may be times when a mother is called upon to make the ultimate sacrifice, to lay her life physically down for her children. But you know what? In some ways, that is much easier. Laying yourself down once in a blaze of glory is sometimes a lot easier than laying your life down day after day after day. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we are called to be living sacrifices. You know what that means? Well, you know what a dead sacrifice is. You put the sacrifice up and you kill it. And then it just lies there because it's dead. A living sacrifice isn't like that. A living sacrifice is not placed on the altar. A living sacrifice places themselves on the altar. And they have the ability to get off the altar as well. It is a day by day, week by month, week, month by month, year by year, emptying of self and sacrificing of self to crawl up on that altar and remain on that altar. And that's the kind of sacrifice often that mothers give. That day-by-day sacrifice. That daily dying to self. A teacher was trying to teach her students about magnets. And so she brought in all these magnets. And she was showing the kids how cool magnets were. That they, she could use a magnet and she could pick up all these metal things off the table. And the next day she decided to have a test. And so she said, okay kids, everyone's having a test. And the first question on the test was this. Thinking about magnets, she said this. My name has six letters. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? And you know what the kids wrote down? Mother, not magnet, mother, you know, I start with M, I pick up things, you know, that's what my mom does, right? She picks up things. That daily sacrifice. Having children means that your entire world changes. I love seeing this with with women who are pregnant. 
I mean, a woman who is pregnant walks into a room and everyone sees her, and she, like, she's the center of attention. But a week later, she has the baby, and she comes walking into the room. People don't even know she's there. It's all about the baby. Oh, look at the baby. Oh, look at the baby. She walks through the room, and everyone's like, the baby, the baby. And you take the baby, and the baby still has the attention. The mother's just kind of in the background now. You know? It's a sacrifice. Heard about a, a four-year-old and a six-year-old brother and sister who went to the flower store to get some flowers for their mom. And they went in, their dad helped them pick out a, 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 you know, some flowers and brought them home and they gave them to the mom. And the mom took the flowers and she said, oh, they're beautiful, but the, her son seemed you know, like he wasn't real happy. And so she said, you know, why aren't you happy? And, and he said, well, we went to the flower store and, and we picked this bunch of flowers, but I saw another bunch of flowers that were much better. But we couldn't get them. Dad said we couldn't get them. And the mother said, oh, why, why? Well, he said they were perfect. It was a great big thing. And it had this sign on it that said, rest in peace. And I thought that would be perfect for you because you're always telling us that you need some peace so that you can rest. I just thought it would be perfect. You know, um, mothers, godly mothers orphan their own desires. You know, one of the sacrifices often that women make when they have children is the sacrifice of giving up their own career. I, I know that all women can't do that, just financially, that, that isn't feasible sometimes. But, but there are times when women give up their careers to become mothers. And very often society kind of looks down on that. You know, you, 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 you ask a bunch of women, you know, well, what are you? Well, I'm a lawyer. Oh, that's great. Well, what are you? I'm a doctor. Oh, yeah, well, well what are you? I'm a stay-at-home mom. Oh, really? And you know, it's, it's, it's like, that isn't like a real job. I, I once heard Tony Campola talk about this. Tony Campola was talking about a, a time when, when they had gone to this, this gathering, he and his wife, and there was a lot of, you know, very high influential people there. And, uh, you know, all these women were, were going around and asking each other, you know, how are you, and what's your name, and what do you do? And Tony Campola's wife is, is very, very educated. And so someone came up to her and said, you know, well, what do you do? And instead of just saying I'm a housewife, she said this, what do I do? Well, I'm socializing two homo sapiens and the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they may be instruments for the transformation of social order into the theologically prescribed utopia inherent in the Escalon. And then she turned to the person who would ask her and say, and what do you do? <laughs> and the, the lady said, oh, I'm just a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what she said is, you know, I'm raising two boys and that's a big job. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been tasked with the job of changing the heart of, of two boys. Most important occupation you can ever have as a woman is a mother. The most important thing you will ever do with your life is raise your children. As Phil Wisenhunt said this, the most important occupation on earth for a woman is, not, is to be a real mother of her children. It does not have much glory to it. There's a lot of grit and grime, but there is no greater place of ministry, position, or power than that of a mother. So don't let anyone ever look down upon you if you're a stay-at-home mom. What you are doing is a very, very valuable thing. What do godly mothers do? They guide their children. They orphan their own desires. D, they delight in their children. There's an old African proverb that says this, 
In the eyes of its mother, every beetle is a gazelle. Isn't that great? In the eyes of its mother, every beetle is a gazelle. That when mothers see their children, they always see the best in them. It doesn't matter what the kid is like. I mean, have you ever noticed that every parent thinks that their baby is the most beautiful baby on the face of the earth? There's that one commercial on TV and it has a bunch of little babies. And and some of those kids, you know, quite frankly, not that attractive. All right? At least not nearly as attractive as my kids were at that age. But, uh, you know, but, but I'm sure for their mothers, I mean, every kid is the most attractive child that has ever come into this world. We see the same thing in God, that God delights in us as well. In Psalm 147, verse 11, it says, The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in His unfailing love. What does that mean? God delights in you. God looks down from heaven, and when He sees you, He smiles. When God looks upon you, you make His heart jump. He he, he delights in you. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That God delights in us, that we bring Him joy. Maybe you heard me tell the story before of the the little kid that was at Scripture Memorization Day at the church. All the kids got up on the stage and they would all stand up and they would all recite the verses that they had learned in Sunday school. And this one little girl got up and she got it up in front and she had worked so hard for weeks to memorize her verse. But when she got up on that day, she stood up at the front of the church and she saw all these faces and she got afraid. And, and, and so her mother was sitting there in the front feeling very sorry for her daughter. And so the mother tried coaxing the daughter by saying, I am the light of the world. And the little girl just stood there. And so the mother said louder, I am the light of the world. And finally the daughter shouted out, My mother is the light of the world. <laughs> you know, um, but I think that's what happens. When, when, when mothers delight in us, we delight in them, don't we? At least when we're not in high school or, you know. Delighting in your children means that you see the best in them. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Delighting in your children doesn't mean that you try to live your life through them. It doesn't mean that because you love baseball, you try to make your kid play baseball. It doesn't mean that because you are great at math, you want your kid to be good at math too. It means that you recognize in them what are their gifts, what are their abilities, what are their talents, and you allow them to excel in the areas that God has allowed them to excel. Godly mothers guide their children, orphan their own desires, delight in their children. L, they love them unconditionally. They love them unconditionally. They always expect and they always see the best. It's not based upon what they've done. It's, not ba- it's based upon who they are. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. That that's how God sees us as well. That God loves us because of who we are, not because of what we've done. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were still an outcast, while you were still an outlaw, when you were still very far from God, when you were still dead in your sins and your trespasses, God still loved you. Why? Because of what you'd done? No, because of who you are, that you are his child. And lastly, the why. Godly mothers yearn for their kids' salvation. They want their children to be saved. 
They want to see their children receive Christ. They are willing to do anything it takes to have their kids receive Christ and to start a personal relationship with Him. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slow. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know what? That's the heart of God, and that's also the heart, I think, for all godly mothers. They want to see their children come to Christ. There is no other joy in life that they have by seeing their kids walking with the Lord. Living here in Leamington, we all know about the Heinz plant. We all know about all the tomatoes that they grow in this area to take and make ketchup for Heinz. But I don't think most of us understand that the founder of Heinz, Henry Heinz, actually was a Christian man. In fact, when his will was read, this is what his will started by saying. His will starts saying this. Looking forward to the time when my earthly career will end, I desire to set forth at the very beginning of this will, as the most important item in it, a confession of my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I also desire to bear witness to the fact that throughout my life, where there have been many joys and sorrows, I have been wonderfully sustained by my faith in God through Jesus Christ. This legacy was given to me by my mother, a woman of strong faith, and to it I attribute all and any success I have attained. In other words, he's saying the most important thing in my entire life has been my faith in Jesus Christ. And the reason I have faith in Jesus Christ because that faith was given to me at an early age from my mother. That's where I got it from. And so all the success that I have attained, all the things that I've been able to do with my life, the joy, the sorrows, all of it, I look back and I say, Mom, it came from you. It's Mother's Day today. What are you going to do for your mom? How are you going to say thank you for all that she has done for you? Heard the story about a little boy and a little girl who lived next to each other and they were out in their backyards and they were talking to each other over the fence. And the little boy said, I want to give my mom something special for Mother's Day. And the little girl said, oh really? Well, well what are you going to give her? And the boy said, I don't know, I've been thinking about a card or maybe some flowers. And the little girl said, you know, if you really want to do something good for your mom, you could go in the house and you could clean up your room and you could make your bed. And, 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 and you could tell your mom that you love her. No, no, the little boy said. I mean something practical. <laughs> well, let me get practical with you today. <laughs> you want to do something for Mother's Day? Clean your room. <laughs> Make your bed. And don't forget to say, Mom, I love you. Don't forget... To call your mom, as Jake has already said, or, or, or in person, just say, Mom, thank you. And I'm not talking, again, just about the biological moms in the room. I'm talking about the spiritual moms in the room. That if you have a Sunday school teacher that made a difference in your life at an early age, why not just say, you know what? <laughs> you may not be my biological mother, but I just want to say thank you. 
for making that impact, for making a difference in my life at a very crucial stage of my development. Let's spend today remembering and applauding the godly mothers amongst us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us to sacrificial love. That, Father, you demonstrated sacrificial love in Jesus Christ when he went to the cross for each one of us. But that, Father, we have seen that sacrificial love so many times modeled for us in the lives of our mothers. And so, Father, we say thank you. Thank you to those that have guided us. Thank you for those that have given to us, even when it costs them greatly. For those that have loved us and delighted in us and have yearned and helped in our salvation. We thank you, Father, this day for each one. And we pray, Lord, your blessing upon them. And we pray, Father, that great would be their reward. We thank you, Lord, in this. In Christ's name, amen.